The Football Pod. Colin O'Rourke said that in punditry today, that colour, wit and enthusiasm is missing. Tune into The Football Pod. <laughs> Paddy Anders and James Dunne will bring it for you. Subscribe to The Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. So Chantel Cameron fights against Katie Taylor on Saturday evening in the Three Arena. It's uh, the return of big time boxing to Dublin after a long, long time. I'm delighted to say Eric Donovan is with us in the studio to talk to us about this. Um, we had Dennis Hogan in yesterday and he was saying he was at the point when Bernard Dunn was fighting. Um, it's, you know, we, we all know the reasons why there haven't been big time fights, but it's really important that this is here, that it is happening there's very few people in Irish life who could like set out the three arena the way Katie has and uh, so there's a lot riding on this yeah there's a lot I suppose but um, you know the positive news is that boxing is back in Dublin you know uh, we, we, I was at the Bernard Dunn night as well brilliant uh, classic night never you know legendary um, I think Katie Taylor boxed on the undercard she actually. was the first fight up yeah yeah as an amateur so um, not brilliant and just to see the the crowd that came out to see her yesterday at the open workout as well. Uh, lovely weather as well, thank God. Definitely uh, helps, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, but she creates some buzz, you know. You could just hear, like, she's... I think uh, Ariel Halwani, he's the uh, MMA kind of uh, broadcaster uh, type guy. And he was just talking about it's like... Uh, a roar similar to Justin Bieber like you know with the kids like you know so it's brilliant but that's the kind of um, I suppose admiration that she has across this country yeah um, what do you hope that it means in terms of future fights and like just getting the sport back to a situation where there are semi-regular big time fights in Dublin they obviously don't all have to be at three arena you know the National Stadium is a brilliant venue there's other places that they could have mm. shows and, and what does it mean for professionals in Ireland who are thinking actually you know I can make a career out of this yeah well I think it's a good opportunity for the guys on the undercard as well they're linking up now with big uh, UK promoters like Eddie Hearn has signed Gary Cully He's also, I think he's done a deal with Dennis Hogan. He has Cuevan Agarco from Belfast. He, Tommy, Thomas Carty is with Dylan White's promotions, you know. So there's more and more Irish guys signing to these, uh, big UK promotions, which is positive in, in the sense of getting big fights over here in Ireland. You need that kind of backing. And like Eddie Hearn, you know, love him or hate him, he puts on the big fights. He's he's one of the best in the business, and I know he gets a lot of stick as well. But he's doing some serious business in the sport of boxing, and and uh, you know, thankfully, he's managed to get Katie over here into the three arena. Before we get into the, the nuances of this fight in particular, it it is a bit mad that we haven't had more professional success, given how successful our our amateurs have been. And I know and I understand that they're completely different sports, really. But you would have thought with the the numbers coming through the high quality coaching they're getting at underage level that we would have had more professionals who reached the top level over the last 15 years or so yeah it's a very hard sport Jerry you know it's a uh, it's kind of sport forward slash business you know what I mean it's a uh, it's very difficult to uh, you know to to be a world champion in, in that sport um you need a lot of things to align for you, a lot of things to go right for you, but you definitely need good backing, good promoters, good managers. And at the moment, 
Well, over the last number of years, you know, a lot of Irish fighters would have had to go to America, you know, and then it was very hard for them over there to make, like even Andy Lee as well had to go to America, do done his trade over there. Um, I know he came back and linked up with Adam Booth, but, uh, you know, he still won his world title over in America, you know, yeah. and that's where a lot of Irish had to go. Bernard Dunn done his trade in America, came back, but it seems now that they can, they don't have to go over there you know that they can have these big fights back home there's plenty of good coaches in around the UK and Ireland uh, and there's also a lot of strength and depth now in Ireland you know you've, you can, there's a couple of gyms around Ireland now where you can go and get really good quality sparring professional sparring but in the past you would have had to leave the country for that type of sparring but now we got that that pool so to speak yeah. uh, strength and depth and I think that can only and it kind of the the amateur game almost shot itself in the foot with this, you know, because of the whole kind of controversy around the Olympics and and the kind of corruption and that, you know, more and more fighters are leaving the amateur game at an earlier stage. And the professional game, as tough as it is, it can be a very lucrative business. And that's the appealing, that's the, you know, the appealing uh, yeah. catch for people. I think I remember you saying before, Eric, you felt that Katie should or could have walked away after beating Serrano mm. and, and like how do you feel about it now heading into this one because as, as we were saying during the ad break there it is dangerous it is dangerous but like I kind of feel like you know who am I to say like you know what I mean like, like boxing is Katie Taylor's life you know and she lives and breathes for the game like and that's it and she is happiest I, like she's so happy she loves raising the bar loves taking on the big fights I'm just full of admiration for her but like my, for me it was always about like okay, go out on top you don't, we don't I don't think anybody deserves to take you off this pedestal like you know uh, and that's because I just have a really close friendship with her and uh, I love what she's done but I think everybody has their time you know what I mean uh, but look I think her time is coming you know but I don't like if Crow Park is a possibility, I think that would be an incredible it's, it's arena to ba- you know to mm. to go out in. It's back in the ether. It's it's back being spoken about kind of in in hushed tones yeah. around the fight that there's a possibility of a September fight, and obviously that would have to be Serrano. Really, um, mm. uh, now look, you you say it's a business, and you point that out. Like you have to be you have to be planning. You have to make a plan for what's coming next. Um, does she have to win this fight to have the Serrano fight? It feels like she does, right? Ah, she does. Yeah, she Do you does. Know? You know, that's the thing with, with you know, with 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 the boxing. It's kind of like winner stays on. You know what I mean? And. Uh to be honest with you, I think Katie would do serious numbers. Like even if she didn't win, like you know, her legacy is cemented. But I just mean like it. It does kind of keep the train rolling and in a very good positive way. Um, and uh, but make no mistake about it, this fight is a big fight it's a dangerous fight because she is uh, at a disadvantage in a lot of ways um, but then at uh, an advantage in other ways so you've got Chantal Cameron is the heavier opponent you know five pounds heavier um, she'll be coming down from a very a, a much heavier weight than that as well she's a three inch reach she's a three inch height advantage she has youth on her side can you talk to us about the weight right mm. um, is it is there a potential that that's a double edged sword where you know, you you the bigger person should have more power and should yeah. be stronger and should get all the benefits of that. But actually, coming down the weight is not easy, as we know. Mm. It's not easy to cut weight, you know, um, because cutting weight, you know, it takes a lot away from you. It can affect your strength. It can affect your mental preparations, and it just can affect your overall game plan. But I don't think she is um, like she's big. She's big for the weight, but I don't think she has serious problems making the weight. So, which means she will be very strong because I watched her fight against uh, Jessica McCaskill because that's the kind of they both boxed a couple of similar opponents. Mm. 
Um, and you can't really gather a whole lot from the like the boat box Sanchez, the boat box uh, uh, Bustos, uh, but the boat gave them two opponents shutout wins, like you know, so they were like ad- unanimous across the board. But the kind of the most recent one for Shantae Cameron was Jessica McCaskill for the undisputed title. Um, I thought it was a close enough fight, but she beat McCaskill. Katie Taylor beat McCaskill five years ago when McCaskill was in a better kind of form, better, you know, mm. McCaskill's 38 now. Katie boxed her when she was 32, 33, when she was, um, I think, far better than than she is now. And Katie kind of beat her well. Came through, had to weather a couple of storms in that fight, but beat her well over overall. And I think uh, Chantal Cameron only boxed her last year. Beat her, but it was a much closer fight. Um, so... She has a lot going for her in terms of weight, height, youth and all that. But in terms of boxing skill, when you break it down to the boxing skill, to the little nuances in the, in, in the ring, in the, in, in the rounds, I think Katie is, is far superior. OK, we'll get into what that actually means and how that's going to sh- show up in the fight in a moment. But I want to play everybody this. This is uh, Chantal Cameron uh, speaking yesterday to her own Ashley O'Reilly. Have a look. When you're fighting Katie Taylor, have you had to adjust your training? Just going through the gears, I've uh, had tough sparring, high work rate on the pads, whereas usually I can uh, do, like, chill, a, chill a bit on the pads, but we've got a game plan and it's meant that I've had to go through gears and up my fitness, so uh, training's been intense, but I love it, so it's been good. And fighting Katie Taylor, she's had to jump up in weight class in order to have this fight, do you think that was a risk for her? I think, yeah, I think I'm quite shocked they didn't bring me down to 135 or... Sorry, met her uh, 137 pounds, but um, yeah, she jumped up to 140, and all respect to her because she could have had the easier option, but she she challenged a bigger, stronger girl, so uh, all respect, but it's kind of a mistake as well. And for you personally, to be able to fight someone like Katie, is this a big moment for you? Yeah, huge. I um, any everyone and anyone around this weight category want want to fight Katie Taylor because she's the queen of boxing in everyone's eyes, really. So um, yeah, like, to get the opportunity, I'm, I'm over the moon. But and also, I'm gonna hit coming here to ruin the homecoming. So it's a bit of both because I'm here to win. I'm not here just to take part. It's a it is an interesting point, by the way. It's, um, I guess. Uh, we should give Katie Taylor all the credit in the world for that mm. like she wanted to make the fight happen um, the, the Serrano fight wasn't going to happen she could easily have just fought anybody because basically if Katie Taylor was having the same build up to this fight this week Ireland would be delighted for her and would be showing up to support her but she's putting a record on the line against a bigger fighter who's undefeated who has a 17-0 and pro record like it's really risky it is and you know <laughs> Katie called for this fight you know Katie called for it. if Katie didn't want this fight this fight would not happen and that's why I have so much admiration for her and she went against her character in terms to get this fight she put up a post mm. on Twitter like a so not like her at all so unlike Katie Taylor you know you're undisputed I'm undisputed let's get it on you know um it's funny, I was listening to an interview with Chantelle and she, she, wasn't even, she didn't even see that tweet. Her phone just started hopping. She would right. come home from a training session her phone started hopping, people sending her the post. And, um, and of course she's going to oblige. But she, she actually boxed Katie back in the amateurs, you know. That's a long time ago, like 2011, 12 years ago. Katie beat her, but I think she was a bit starstruck getting mm. into the ring. Um, 
like because uh, Savannah Marshall and Nicola Adams were on the team as well and they were kind of spooking her out kind of you know she's like a god in in women's boxing and she kind of was you know at the time and still is but uh, I think she was just um, you know she just was kind of she enjoyed the experience of boxing Katie yeah. Katie beat her well but look it's 12 years on so it's the perfect scenario for her in terms yeah. of like now you're now you're developed and now you're seasoned now you've all the belts Go and do something about it, you know. Um, we, we did a piece with James Tracy yesterday talking about the value of being at home for Leinster in the Champions Cup final at the weekend. And he was just talking about the crowd actually having an impact. Mm. I hadn't really heard anybody confess to this before. Like when things are going badly for you, there's a kind of a brain fog mm. that comes down, yeah. that comes washing down off the terraces. But when things are going well for you, you yeah. feel like you have this surge of adrenaline from it. Mm-hmm. Um could that be important? Like, if, if she was a little bit freaked out 12 years ago, is it possible that the crowd can somehow get in her head a little bit? Yeah, it's a good question because, like, even from the interviews I've been watching and listening to, I'm not convinced by Shanta Cameron. I'm not, mm. I'm, I just, I don't believe her. I'm not saying she's a liar, but, like, it's like, I don't feel the conviction is there. It's and a fake it until you make it. Well, yeah, well, all the, the fighters do it. Yeah, this. well, you have to. It's a your poker face, like you know. But uh, I just think walking out there into the tree arena on Saturday night, she's going to hear something, mm. feel something that she's never ever experienced, and like the noise decibel you can imagine from the Olympic Games that time. I think the tree arena, it, the roof is going to be taken off it as well. Like, uh, and I think that will definitely catch her in her, you know, stop her in her tracks. That just she already knows she's up against the kind of let's say the queen of boxing or the pound for pound the greatest female boxer in the world um, she already knows all of that she knows how big this whole fight is and in like as a fighter you're still training you're still believing in yourself you're still thinking I can do this I can do this but I just think it's going to be something she's never ever experienced um, and I think that could catch her there's, sorry there's an amazing post uh, fight mm. interview with Bernard Dunn on that night in 2009 mm. and I, I'm going to butcher this but it's basically what a day the Manx got beat Ireland won the Grand Slam and now we're world champion yeah. <laughs> and like you know it's all aligning for a similar day on Saturday I mean maybe not the, I don't know uh, but yeah. like you know the rugby's on mm-hmm. going to be a full house there mm-hmm. and then everybody rolls on to the evening and um uh, so I do think the crowd will be a fever pitch and I do think it can have more of I mean look <laughs> she doesn't need the crowd hopefully but no um, but the, no, she w- to be honest point, she, will, really. she will have the crowd and the crowd I remember look my last fight I weathered a couple of really rough rough storms in that fight but the crowd really got me going and like I would have heard f- over you know throughout my career that you know in the big professional fights the classics that you know the energy of the crowd I never really got the chance to experience something like that the Irish title fight against McAfee I kind of did it was, the stadium was kind of half full it was good it was a good buzz but I never really felt in, the, in that fight that I was under the <clears throat> excuse me under the cosh but in the round 10 of my last fight I was I was literally moments away from being literally stopped or out of my feet but the crowd they just kept me going and they call it the 12th man or whatever. Like, you know, it's it really is something special. And I can imagine for Katie Taylor's fight that that's on a whole new level, you know, because people are just literally almost in the ring with her. And I think that's going to be very daunting for Chantal. Um, Chantal has, a, like I said, a lot of advantages. She, she Look, she's not... She, she, she's a very economical boxer. She wastes nothing. She gives, you know, she's very... 
um, she does the simple things very, very well. Good jab, good, strong, high defence, and can be hard to break down. But because it's only two-minute rounds, I think that will stand to Katie, that Katie can, um, you know, be in and out, in and out, showing her feints, landing her combinations and moving. But she's going to have to be very disciplined because one of Katie's mm. flaws is, and we know this, is that she likes... A fight far too often for my liking or I suppose her coach's liking. You know, she just gets, she likes to square up sometimes and really go. And I wouldn't, like, in this case, that would be a, you know, kind of a red flag. Stay away because you don't want to play into the hands of, of, of Cameron, the heavier fighter. Uh, technically speaking, does Chantal Cameron match up to anything that Katie has experienced before in her professional career or recently like is she a similar type boxer is this something that she's maybe not going to be used to or how does she compare well Katie's already boxed somebody who's an undisputed champion albeit in a different weight in Mando Serrano and we know like that was women's fight of the year across male or female it was just an absolute classic and I'm still gutted that my poor wife got COVID in the week of the fight we were supposed to be there um, but look it's going to be a constant. after you bring it up often <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's a consolation for us to, to, to for Saturday night, so we cannot wait for it. But uh, yeah, I think she's been in with Katie's been in with better opposition, much better opposition. Um, I think uh, Cameron was twenty years old when she joined boxing, and she made the switch over from kickboxing. You know, so Katie's been immersed in this sport for, as a, since a ten-year-old girl, nine nine or ten years of age. She's been around the high-performance unit for years. She's very well schooled. She's got great pedigree behind her. You know, I know she's getting on and everything like that as well, but I think she's. I just think she'll have um, a little bit too much for Cameron on the night. There is talk that she might engage in the all-out war at some point. Then, <laughs> well, if it's Katie Taylor that steps into the ring, you can be damn sure she's going to do that. Um, she says it herself afterwards. I don't know. You know, I, I, I just love a tear up every now and then. You know, and. Maybe like rounds nine and ten when she's up eight eight nil on the scorecard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, yeah just just yeah. don't get caught. Yeah, you don't mind it. Uh, you don't mind it at that stage. But uh, you're gonna gonna have to be very disciplined here in this fight because, like as I said, Cameron has a very good defence. Very, very. She's got a tall kind of height advantage. What do you do when you're fighting well, someone who's taller than you? Well, you got the fainting has got to be really key because. Um, when a person is much taller than you, they're going to want to be out on the outside, keeping you at long range. But Katie's going to have to try and get inside with fast attacks. But you can't just go in recklessly, carelessly, because you can walk into heavy punches. So she's got to get back to what she used to do, really, in the amateur days, that fainting, you know, that she was brilliant at that. Mm-hmm. So the fainting is kind of just setting those traps, almost, um, you know, trying to uh, trick your opponent into thinking you're going to offload. Uh, you're going to let your punches go. It takes a high energy, high volume, t- you know, to do this. Um, but when she does it, as soon as Cameron offloads, Katie will counter punch. So kind of a slip, a dummy. It's like a dummy, you know what I mean? And a, a, a counter punch afterward. Again, takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy. Um, but rounds can be won in snippets. They don't have to be. It doesn't have to be two minutes of non-stop mm. action. You know, you got to be clever. It's got to be in, in in stages throughout the round. Get the quality work done, and then stay out danger when you have your work done and move. Get on your feet. Just brilliant footwork. Yeah. And I think she's much better footwork than Cameron. And I think if she can get a lead on Cameron, win the earlier rounds, then she's going to bring Cameron out. You know, out of her 
uh, I suppose comfort zone because you're going to have to come forward so like, start fast and, and try and yeah build up a few rounds because once you get 3-4 rounds in the bank and you're winning then Cameron, you want Cameron going back to a corner and you want Jamie Moore and them saying listen you're going to have to go for it yeah. you're gonna, and then kind of when you're hearing that word in the corner you're not relaxed anymore you're not comfortable it's not flowing you're knowing that you're going to have to go out and out and do something outside of your game plan or your tactics mm. and that's what you want you want it because then you start making mistakes because mm. you're rushing you're chasing the fight we have some Katie here we can have, have listened to her again talking with Ashton yesterday um, when, I'm, when this fight was actually made when I knew that, that the, the homecoming fight was actually going to happen I was reminded back the first time I actually said put on a pair of gloves as a 9 or 10 year old just all the sacrifices year in year out that, that I made um, all the obstacles that were in my way from, from a young age now here we are um, women's boxing again is, is headlining the huge show and we're going to be uh, the centre of attention in the whole boxing world again and um, I'm just so grateful for this for this journey it's been amazing and the likes of you have paved the way but also the likes of Deirdre Fogarty yeah. you know that, that really yeah. kicked it off and I know she was a big hero of yours absolutely and it's amazing that Deirdre is actually going to be there on Saturday night to support me um, that's, uh, that's so so special for me and she was the only female fighter I actually knew of at the time when I, when I was growing up and she was always so encouraging towards me always um, always made so much time for me every time she was home she held a pass for, for me a couple of times she invited me over to her house a couple of times it's just amazing the support that I actually got from her and um, she's actually going to be there on Saturday night to experience uh, this, uh, this, this amazing fight as well and I'm just so grateful Am I right in saying that the statue's been unveiled on Friday? Is that is it? Uh, or oh no, the statue has not been unveiled. Uh, there's going to be an evening with Deirdre Gogarty. Right. It's like uh, a bit of a storytelling, um, and it's going to be a fundraiser right. for the for the statue. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to be at that that event as well. I'm looking forward to it because I can imagine some incredible stories. She's clearly massive influence. She's going to be in studio tomorrow, Deirdre Gogarty, as well. Which I'm looking forward to as well. But clearly a massive influence yeah, on Katie's yeah, career. Yeah, and you know, fair play, credit to the. Uh, Karen McIver and uh, all the committee that have got behind it because you often wonder if there was no there to go would we have a Katie Taylor you know yeah you know so she had to leave in 91 because it was illegal here you know so you can imagine she's the, I suppose the OG or the <laughs> trailblazer you know that kind of way so yeah uh, okay so um, high intensity high energy mm-hmm. uh, get an early lead What's the what's the what's the uh, Chantel Cameron camp? What's their plan? How do, do they want a war? A war early? Kind of assert um, the fact that you're the bigger, stronger fighter, and then give Katie Taylor something to think about if you were plotting a win for them. Yeah. See, at, in, in female boxing, like even Chantel Cameron now, I think she's seventeen and zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's got eight knockouts, but seven of those knockouts are from her first ten fights. Right. Katie's what, 21, 22 and 0? She's got six knockouts. But their last 10 fights, their last world, seven, world. they're against high opposition. Yeah. And you've, it's very rare you see knockouts in the female weight classes at the higher end of it, like, you know, at the at the world title stage and undisputed. So knockout in this, probably not going to be... I, I can't see it. I just can't see it. So they're going to be looking at points, obviously, you know, so... They'll know that Katie is very quick, very fast, very sharp, and everything that she does. So they're going to be trying to warm in. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll send Cameron all guns blazing in the early rounds. I think they'll want right. her to warm into this fight because it is a big occasion. She can get very overawed, especially if if she starts 
a bullet in in the first round or two and gets clipped by Katie and gets embarrassed, gets humiliated, that can affect the whole game plan. So I'd say she'll try and really start trying to warm into the fight, finding her shape and distance. And I'd say probably in around a mid, like you know, after a couple of rounds at least anyway, they'll probably, they'll probably try to start turning the screw and uh, turn the heat up on Katie, you know. So um, not exactly sure what their game plan will be, obviously, but um, again, you're going to, in order to beat Katie Taylor, you kind of have to do do what she's doing a little bit better but I don't think she has in her locker anything better mm. than what Katie has you know so it sets up for a really good high octane fight but I see Katie coming out on top in the end ok well that would be a good result and then we'll get another fight in September in Croke Park and hopefully if the weather signs on that because I think that we're probably well, maybe people aren't ready for this yet but we're entering the end of Katie Taylor this is definitely the beginning of the end like yeah. there's not that many more fights left yeah yeah, that's true um, and it's just great isn't it wonderful to see her back home on, on Irish soil and I was just thinking about I'm going to two big fights within the next week and I don't have to get onto a plane. I'm going to Katie Taylor's fight and I'm going to Michael Conlon's fight, you know, and that's yeah. brilliant. You know, that is brilliant to be able to say that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just a lot of Irish guys getting the chance to box on the undercard as well and it's brilliant. My old gym mate, Thomas Carty, you've Gary Cully who's on the rise, Dennis Hogan, um, Cuevan Agarco and then you've a lot of guys on the undercard of Michael Conlon's fight too, Malloy, Anto Kakachi, etc. You know, so look, it's great, great time for Irish boxing. I never saw this coming over the last couple of years. So you know, um, thank God. Well, fingers crossed that it, uh, it all goes well. Uh, Eric, thanks a million for that. Pleasure. Here is some Eddie Hearn goodness for you to um, uh, whet the appetite further. Seeing Katie headline Madison Square Garden, you know what a fight that was, what an occasion that was. But she said this is her biggest test yet. You know, she has to jump up in a weight as well. Is that a bit of a risk? Do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, she's stepping up in weight. She's fighting a bigger opponent. She's fighting definitely a fresher opponent than Amanda Serrano. Chantel Cameron has believed for many years she wins this fight. And Katie Taylor's always said for many years, I'll take the fight. But now it's become big enough, it's happening. But, you know, this fight's going to unfold very quickly. Chantel's going to force the action and try and engage in that war as soon as possible. And the problem is with Katie, she's so stubborn. You know, she might have tactics to box and move for the first half of the fight. As soon as she starts engaging and the free arena erupts, we're going to go straight back to Madison Square Garden and that moment against Serrano where they're going toe-to-toe. And it's going to be a thriller. Yeah, I spoke to Chantel and she said she's in the best shape of her life. She's never felt better. Her preparation went perfectly. You can see she is really ready for this. But you, you go to that next level when you're in those kind of fights. You know, you know that when it got tough for Chantel in training him, she's thinking she's fighting Katie Taylor. She pushes harder, she pushes deeper, she becomes fitter, she becomes stronger, and now she comes into this week just full of confidence. She's the champion. Katie's the challenger in this fight. You know, she's trying to take the belts off Chantel Cameron. And uh, both girls very confident going into this fight. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.